Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Hacker Factory podcast with hacker maker Philip Wiley. You're about to discover what the role of a professional hacker entails, the different specializations it holds, and what it takes to learn and become one. Enjoy the conversation as Philip and guests unveil the secrets of professional hacking, a mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley. And this episode, I'm really happy to have my friend, Saman Fatima, joining. Uh, we've known each other through the cybersecurity community for a while, and I'm familiar with some of her friends and members of uh, BBIWIC, which is a great organization helping women in technology and cybersecurity. Great organization, great people. And it's an honor to have you on the show today. Hi, hi, Philip, and hi, everyone. Um, it's 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 an honor for me to be part of the show, and I know it's been really long that we have been discussing that. Uh, back in India, uh, we had a conversation. We started connecting through the cybersecurity community, and I really uh, owe that conversation and everything that had come so long. That right now I'm here in in America, and you know, connecting with you. Uh, but it's really great to be part of the show and actually talk about uh, things. Uh, that we go on forward with the flow with the show. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for thanks for joining. Why don't you tell our our audience about yourself? Kind of introduce you, introduce yourself, uh, what you're currently doing, and and kind of your background, kind of how you got to this point in your career. For sure. Uh, so it's like a good ride uh, in cybersecurity. So. Um, I did my undergrad back in 2017 in my home country, that's India. Uh, I did my bachelor's in information technology. And uh, with the last semester of my course, uh, there were a couple of cybersecurity subjects here and there in, you know, into the semester. And that really grew my interest. And, you know, that just left me thinking, okay, okay, it's just not the security guards that we have. There's more to it. Like if you wanted to, uh, if it's actually talking about the digital data as well. So that just uh, created uh, an interest there. And with my first job in 2017, I started up with identity and access management. And there I was exposed to a lot of things uh, regarding to identities and what all access they have and, you know, what level of access they should have and what they shouldn't have uh, so as to maintain the architecture of the organization. So that that was really an eye opener for me to understand that. And spending five years into identity and access management, working with two of the employers, one uh, tech company and other uh, an in investment bank. So, you know, two different uh, sides of it, but, you know, doing the same work and uh, understanding the processes and workflows as well and somehow managing that with uh, one of the domains of the field. Uh, and then uh, I eventually had this uh, thing of doing my master's uh, in cybersecurity, but yeah, it was just, you know, couldn't come out of the comfort zone much. I was really, really settled with my job and really happy with that, earning money, spending it. So that was the good part. But uh, it's just last year, last fall, I came to Atlanta 
uh, I'm pursuing my master's in information system, majoring in cybersecurity. And yes, I will be graduating in July, like in next two months. So I'm really excited about it that I actually took that step and did my master's and uh, as uh, as of now, um, I am working with uh, Georgia's Department of Community Health uh, as a summer intern, and I'm basically working towards the cloud part. Uh, there's more to it to come um, eventually in the coming months, but that is something, you know, um, I'm just exploring from identity and access management, how I can be more uh, working towards cloud security and everything. So that, that's, that's about me that, uh, you know, how I took that step. Uh, pursuing my master's and then yes, interning with the state government. So that's really exciting and fun about, yeah. Thank you. Very good. And so I guess summer camp will be your way to, to celebrate your graduation. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> totally. Like I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, there was a time that it felt like that I came here, uh, started up with my studies after a gap of five years. And now I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. It's just one semester left and it just, just time flies and uh, you're done with your master's. So that's something really to remember about. <laughs> so why don't you kind of explain about identity and access management? You know, I know that's one of those roles that's really kind of, uh, you know, really evolved over the years, but it's really one area that people really don't know about when they're trying to get into cybersecurity. So why don't you kind of explain that for us? Okay. Um, with identity and access management it it seems really simple it seems like uh, it's just like a click away job and you're done but um when i just give an example about uh, for example uh, when you are in your organization or maybe in your university uh, there are certain areas like certain physical areas where you are not allowed to enter you do not have access to it uh, one such example would be the data center not everyone has access to actually get inside that door or uh, to actually visualize the data center and everything uh, so same does work for identities as well and right now in the market we have a lot of identity providers uh, that actually work up to you know have that authoritative source keep your identities and, you know, manage those accesses with certain level of functionalities, every identity provider has it. So with that being said, if um, I should have a read, write, execute level access, so I should be granted those accesses and preferably somebody in my team who does not need some access, like they should only view that particular content, they should be just having those level of accesses. So identity and access management is really really a core part where if you have certain wrong level of accesses you may have uh, you know access to a lot of red data of the organization and that's something not at all advisable so that's why there comes a picture of uh, grants and revokes of access uh, there comes like you should have like semi-annually or annually or quarterly depending on your organization how you wanted to review uh, the employees of your organization and what level of permissions they have if you know there are conditions where one person has moved from one department to another department but still uh, the deprovisioning hasn't been done uh, from the older department so that's one one big thing where you know a lot of the data is being held by somebody that they shouldn't have access to so these are certain cases which looks like simple but actually there goes a lot of things when we actually use the identity providers and see 
if the access levels are good uh, to everyone in the team and in the organization. So that's pretty much about identity and access management in a nutshell. What I've worked through for the past five years, and uh, yeah, that, that just created a platform for me to know more about, okay, the access level could be different, has to be different, and has to be monitored uh, periodically. And it's kind of interesting you mentioned earlier too about access to, to data centers and stuff. It's kind of interesting how it's kind of evolved to where at one time, you know, it was like someone totally separate that that set up the access to, mm-hmm. you know, different rooms in a, in a building or access to different buildings. That used to be like a totally separate group. And it's really kind of smart that it's evolved to where yeah. it's taken care of in one place. And kind yeah. of interesting, the connection to HR too, the, the connection to HR because um eventually when you when you join a, join an organization or you are a student at a university or anything or maybe you're just a visitor to a building uh, there has to be a different level of accesses so that you're able to differentiate an administrator from a visitor so that's really important to draw that line and with data getting so easily accessible by a lot of people uh, it has to be you know logged at certain levels so that not everyone could see it or or, you know, um, make uh, that contact with the data so that it can be easily breached. So that's one good thing that I picked up from this particular f- domain. And that just is creating a platform for me for other domains as well once I pivot. Yeah, very, very interesting. It's like I said, it's just still still amazing to, to see how, how that is has evolved. And it's uh, really kind of cool the way it's integrated with HR because before it was up to to management to let people know that someone left the company and then they would have to open up a ticket. And now it's kind of interesting how some of the IAM systems will, if someone is, you know, fired or whatever, or they leave the, the company, then how it disables before, you know, you can just imagine how many accounts were left active that did that shouldn't be active because that didn't get taken care of. Yeah, that's one funny part of this uh, domain is um, there are a lot of organizations who still have to have those uh, uh, processes been set up for, you know, deprovisioning because that's really, really important for you to uh, terminate all of the access for a user who is no longer with your organization. They should not have access to data uh that they used to have it because uh, a lot of the cases happens because of these things. And one of them I would like to quote here is insider attacks is more of because of that reason, because uh, when one particular individual has more level of access, uh, they could actually release or breach that data at any platform. So that's really important for you to quarterly see or periodically see those access and review them that, you know, everyone has a certain level of access that they require it for their jobs. So how has that changed with, you know, cause before, you know, everyone was on prem and now you have the cloud too, you have people, environments that are all cloud and then hybrid. How does that affect IAM? Um, it has really affected um, IAM because um, with every cybersecurity year, attacks and everything and the cyber criminals have become really smart with all the updates upgrades and patches you come up with on different of your technologies 
but more of like organizations with my time when i was working during uh, covid and it was hybrid working when i was working from home as well and maybe working from some other place apart from my home also from office so it's more of connecting to the vpn and that just creates a safe net for the organization that all of that activity is getting monitored in that particular network and that could be traced back but there are certain organization where vpn and all are also not you know utilized and a lot of the data goes down as well in that ways so there are few things which you cannot get over with like i talked about insider attacks and everything that you know certain calculated risks are there but yeah uh maintaining that reviewing and everything is really important for all of the employees to hold up to that but yeah uh a lot of the data is moving from on prem to cloud and with different cloud platforms they have zillion levels of services as well that they provide for monitoring or for holding up the data or how you actually audit the data so i would say security has increased but yeah with that uh cyber criminals have also become stronger and smarter and they just come out with more of you know dead ends and there you actually see okay that's also been cracked so i would just say they just good they're directly proportional to each other with every day we have newer technologies or uh, tighter systems and then there are cyber criminals who are more stronger and more smarter and then we're just fighting amongst each other how we were actually saving up our data so uh i would say like vpns really work up there and uh, a lot of other processes and everything that organizations have regarding to policies and devices and approvals and everything how things go forward with it change management comes into picture with all these things so yeah a lot of the things in a uh, collection really is helping with a lot of organization but a lot of the organizations have to match up as well Yeah, and also, also kind of just thinking along the lines of cloud too is people can have not all companies use one cloud provider. You know, they may use AWS, Azure, and uh, GCP. Yep, yep. There because you know there are few services which they feel comfortable with Amazon, but there are certain level other features which they feel comfortable with Azure, and it's just not the features part. It's more of how aware and comfortable the employee. employees are or how cheaper it is for them to actually manage both of the platforms or one of them or probably losing few and customizing it one of them so it's just a mixture of a lot of things so do the iam platforms kind of make that more seamless so whenever you're going into like one administrative center are you able to handle all the tasks within that one place or do you have to manage it throughout the different cloud platforms um i would say uh if there are multiple platforms being employed uh like my organization also has it so uh with that you know you have to you know see both of the ends that everything is properly managed or not and yeah that's the scene because every platform will have its own level of functionalities and they would operate in a different way and provide the results in a different way as well so that goes both the ends because every platform has its own specific functionalities regarding everything so uh it may be necessary that you use uh, 
I am with one of the platform, but other services through other platforms. So it's just how organizations are comfortable with bases on the business requirements and the other things that the organization has to deal up with, like finances or um, how comfortable is the employee with the uh, platform and stuff like that. Very cool. So uh, how would someone prepare for a, a career in IAM? Okay. <laughs> So um, I started off fresh uh, back in 2017. I was just, uh, I did my undergrad in 2017 May and I started up in July. So uh, it just happened to be that I had certain level of basic understanding of cybersecurity and that's how I worked up best uh, during my interview. So there were a couple of basic questions because I read those subjects in my uh, graduate program. So it was more okay for me to answer about them. So that's something like really good for me. So there were subjects like uh, we had subjects related to database. So, you know, database management system is really good for you to know about, you know, how to extract data and everything. And that's like the soul of uh, identity and access management that if you want to get hold of archived data or if you want to get hold of uh, the servers and everything, you have to do health check or monitoring. So you need to understand how to use like uh, uh, query languages as well. Uh, any of them would work, whichever at your college level you have done. Uh, apart from that, I had cryptography, like basics of that as well. And then basics, basics of like uh, security laws, policies and everything that we have in different countries. And um, yes, apart from that, there were bits and pieces of uh, uh, things related to the identity and how they are safeguarded, uh, physical data centers and all of that. And at my time, there was no such thing of like cloud and there was no such fashion of people moving from on-prem to cloud. So I would not say I was aware of all those things. But eventually when I started working, I was part of that, you know, uh, migration of moving from on-prem to cloud and how does, you know, things happen there. So that's one thing. So understanding the basics of it would really serve the job. But if you're really wanting to wanting to get into identity and access management and how things actually work for, I would really recommend going through the job description. There could be a lot of things that you would know, like basics of a database or basics of security. And if you know any identity provider, any specific that you have worked on, it would be a best case scenario because the functionality remains to be the same on all of the platform. It's just the UI that changes and there are a couple of functionalities that are different on different platforms. So one of the identity providers, if you know it, uh, it's a good case scenario. You can still relate to a lot of things and obviously understand the tool if it's different wherever you're applying. So basics uh, would really help here. Uh, if you have experience, then I, I would not talk much more about it because you would know more about uh, identity and access management. Very interesting. So uh, one, of the, one of the things that I wanted to discuss here too is is B BBWIC, the organization that you're a, a part of, if you wouldn't mind uh, kind of discussing your organization. Why not? Like, I'd, I'd be really glad to talk about it. So uh, I am part of BBWIC Foundation as the global lead. So BBWIC stands for Breaking Barriers Women in Cybersecurity. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization registered under Canada NFP Act. And it's been a nonprofit organization since October 2021. So it's been 
a while now that we've been working with it. Asta Sahani, uh, she's the founder and board chair and she started up with it and you know that is something that we visualize about bbwic that we need to empower women as leaders by helping them by pushing them by making them more powerful so that they can thrive together uh, into the cybersecurity field so as part of the uh, community we do a lot of work we have a lot of board verticals as well uh, from community and development to training uh, and then to you know how do we collaborate with other organization we've had philip as well do a session um, about pen testing and that was really great where people came and knew about a lot about pen testing and how it could turn into a career for a lot of people so that's something we really believe into that women could learn a lot and then probably implement it be part of conferences as speakers as volunteers or maybe just as an attendee so that you know that just gives you a push uh, to you know learn more and be part of this larger field so i'd be glad if all of you would join bbwic clan and uh, we'd be glad to have you and be part of the circle know more about what are our future events how we can help you with things make you connect with people and obviously we're here together to actually you know sustain and grow so thank you uh, i'd really glad to have a lot of women joining bbwick yeah it's 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 great what you're doing and a, a great group of people so i'm very happy to see what you what you are doing it's definitely definitely needed you know one of the things i can see from it you know you offer the education opportunities the networking but you know a lot of times and this is one of my big things is encouraging people so whenever you need to help encourage other people that goes a long way you're able to prove to them that they can do it they've got someone they can relate to that they can speak with and you know you mentioned the networking piece that's one of the best things that someone can do for their career is networking you know you get that network when it comes time to get a job it's a lot easier than just trying to do it on your own yeah and um, we also have a lot of members who are students like me or maybe like transitioned from a non cyber uh, field to a cyber field now or they're just starting up with cyber security and the last category is more of the c level people so we have a mixture of all of the members and demographically we're placed in different countries as well so there are people from india uh from america even there are a few members from south america few members from canada as well uk as well so th that just creates you know uh diversity there as well and people are connecting with each other having study group sessions with each other at their own pace and then you know celebrating those successes together so we're really proud of that we have uh, such a number and we're just growing month by month and you know having a lot of folks learning about it and that's just really means a lot to us that you know we're helping the group grow more together very nice. One of the things we'll do, will for listeners, we're going, we'll have the uh, information as well as Saman's social in, social information. We'll also include information on BBWIC, so you'll know where to connect to join this amazing organization. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so, also too, really want to touch on on something as well as you've got a new podcast. Would you mind sharing about your new podcast? and tell us the name of your podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, uh by now everyone would have realized that I am I am actually a master student uh at least till July and uh 
with that being said when i came here last year i did search up for a lot of resources and everything there i got a lot of them but still uh, something was missing in the puzzle um that something really was i came here and i thought i would start so itsp magazine um is the platform that i am hosting one of the podcasts that called off the record with someone and uh, i'm really thankful to sean and marco uh, they had given me this platform to actually host my show and with that being said i ha- i have this desire to have a lot of students as well as professors and especially students who are studying away from their home countries uh, maybe in different parts of the world and i just wanted to get them here online virtually or maybe eventually we- once we grow uh, it could be more of in person podcast as well but for now it's like two episodes down i have two students uh one from india uh she came here uh and did her masters from carnegie mellon and that's her entire journey covering how she came here and now she's with salesforce and how things are going on for her with visa and everything so that something can help a lot of people to know about uh the college the university uh how things actually happen there and you know that could be a great help and that person could become the point of contact uh the second Uh, episode was more of with a uh, 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 graduate student from University of Cincinnati. She is graduated now, and she's from Ghana. And now she's starting to work uh, with her new job. So that's something like really touched my heart. That you know, a lot of people should know about uh, what are the struggles, and just not about the struggles also, but probably learn from what others have done and how they have corrected it, and how was their experience. could really help others sitting right across uh you know the laptop and you know listening to that podcast and you know can work for themselves as well if they wanted to go that route so that was the major intent of starting that post- podcast and um i would i would be really glad if all of you could just go ahead to itsp magazine and hear the two episodes and you know there will be more episodes coming every month so i wanting i am wanting to have like different international students from different parts of the world to come up and talk about how they have decided to take that step and how are things for them going and the job market and everything inclusive of that particular conversation so that's pretty much uh, it about the podcast and uh, what was the intent of starting it yeah and we'll also have in the show notes the link to the podcast page so you can easily find that and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much Philip for that. You're welcome. So we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is there anything you'd like to share before we close out this episode? Um this is something that uh, I've been sharing it at a lot of platforms that you know um I I was just at a very uncomfortable space of not taking that step of coming out of my home country and pursuing my masters i just thought that it's just a very big leap for me i'll not be able to do it and um i just wanted to say that i took that step um it was really really uh challenging if at the very beginning and it is right now as well with the job market and everything but i would really wanted to say and that's like a personal advice coming from my end is that i would really want you to take that step because you never know uh, life really happens and it did happen for me as well uh I never imagined myself pursuing my masters from United States of America and that just happened for me and now I'm working here as an intern so I just would 
coded up as that never settle for less uh, just always keep pushing yourself for all those things that you desire and things would happen uh, there would be a lot of road blockers but yeah that's something makes makes you a strong person and uh, i believe that that once you see the bad times the good times are really near as well so yeah uh, that's just a push to everyone hearing me right now if you're just being skeptical about taking any moves please go ahead take it uh, it may be a good move for you or else you learn from it and probably be a better person as well on those decisions so that's something that's something really personal from my end <laughs> Well, that's that's great advice and thanks for sharing your story because the the nice thing about when we share our stories it it helps encourage someone else so someone seeing so. <laughs> yeah i hope so somebody gets encouraged and probably takes that step because uh i took that step and i understand uh moving out from your home country or maybe moving out from your uh family's house and going to a different state or probably a different city uh would be challenging you are on your own but yes you will really enjoy that independence and uh, the hardships would really come to an end one day so yeah awesome well thanks for thanks for joining me it was an honor to have you on this episode thank you so much philip and thank you everyone for listening yeah, thanks everyone and we'll see you on the next episode We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.